has finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That will be gold in under three points. Welcome everybody to a special edition of the Bolt from the Blue podcast and uh, the reason why it's a special edition is that we're not reviewing a match today. We were particularly interested in a tweet that came up on Twitter from the uh, Manchester City supporting account or aggregator account, I'm not quite sure which, your MCFC. They actually asked the question, who has been the worst ever Man City player? And I found it very, very interesting. I'm very grateful to your MCFC for putting that tweet up. It's a very interesting subject. They got more than 200 responses and I thought it would be very interesting just to talk through this cast of dark characters with our two guests and uh, we're just going to greet them as we always do. First of all, we have Colin Savage. Colin, how are you, mate? Good evening. A bit warm, but um, fine. Oh, okay. Fantastic. We also have Ray fresh from his uh, live feed on his channel. Ray, how are you doing, mate? Um, I'm not so bad. It's been a tough day. In the heat, it's not, obviously, it's not fun. London's not fun at the best of times, uh, but in the heat, it's even less so. Yeah, it's very hot over here at 6.16am here in uh, Seoul, South Korea. Guys, um, what I noticed about the the list of uh, names that came up in the replies to the question, who was your least favourite Man City player? I noticed that they could be divided into certain categories. And the first category, Colin, would be guys that brought sort of shame on the club through continual violence or a, or a, a particularly nasty single episode of violence or, or crime. And the three names that came up were number one, Joey Barton, number two, Ben Thatcher, number three, Adam Johnson. So we're just going to start off with Colin. Tell us a little bit about why Joey Barton particularly is near the top of everyone's list. <laughs> well, well, I mean, where do you start with with our Joey? Um, a fairly fiery character on and off the field, convicted for assault after beating a guy up in Liverpool City Centre, I think. Currently, again, charged with actual bodily harm against a fellow, uh, his opposition manager. Obviously, there was the incident in Bangkok when City were on tour, which ended up in him having a scrap with an Everton fan and biting Richard Dunn's finger or thumb, who was trying to separate them. Oh, where'd you start with Jerry? Showing his backside to the crowd at Everton at Goodison Park. There's an issue with the taxi driver, wasn't there? There was the, um, the, well, he wasn't playing for City at the time, because there was the famous QPR red card as well, where he managed to kind of cut a sway through most of the City team on his way off the field. The funny thing is, is you, you give this catalogue of uh, misdemeanours and there's still other stuff you missed out. <laughs> you know, it's like Joey Barton. He needs to have lived three lives or three footballing careers. Uh, the, there was the Usman Dabo incident where he um, got a four-month suspended sentence after admitting assault occasioning actual bodily harm on the teammate, or former teammate Usman Dabo uh, in training, and that finished his career. He'd also... I think he's been charged with violent conduct three times by the Football Association. One for the assault on Dabo, one for punching Morton Gam's pedestal in the stomach, and uh, once for, can't really forget this, attack of three players 
on the final day of the of the 2011-12 season. And I'm it's talking, a one-man war, talking, that. <laughs> yeah, one-man one man war. It was crazy. Uh, and we forgot the betting charges as well. Well, <laughs> uh, you, you also forgot putting a cigar out in someone's eye. Uh, Jason Tandy's eye, wasn't it? Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, he, he's a very, very popular candidate, guys. Was he actually a good player, in your opinion, Colin? Because I remember when he went up to Newcastle, apparently this was in the, in the short reign of uh, Sam Allardyce. Sam said that when he watched um, Joey Barton play, he purred, and I mean purred like a cat, because he was happy with the way that uh, Barton was crunching into tackles. And uh, what, what kind of a player was he for, for younger yeah. fans? He, he, he was no Kevin De Bruyne, but, you know, you got, you, you got a wholehearted player. And he wasn't a bad player. He, he was perhaps a bit limited, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a bad player. And you knew you would always get 100% effort out of him. His one failing, I think, was in, his insistence on taking all the free kicks. Which invariably went into the straight into the defending wall. But yeah, you know, he gave a hundred percent on the pitch, and you couldn't. You know, that's one thing as City fans we've always asked for, isn't it? And um, he did have a bit of skill as well. I I wouldn't take that away from him. Ray, we're going to move on to the next character now. Again, seasoned City fans will know all about these names, but this pod is possibly aimed a little bit towards uh, younger fans who don't really know or have just read stories. The next character is Ben Thatcher. Ray, tell us about this guy um i mean he's played a lot of games i think he's played about 300 games in his career but sadly he'll be best remembered for a quite ridiculous stupid violent assault on i forgot the guy's name now pedro mendez if you watch the video he it's like he comes out of nowhere smash mendez while he's off the side of the pitch and i think he was mendez out for several months after that he was quite badly hurt and thatcher I think was he sent? Was he sent off at the time? But when he, no, he no, got, he just got yellow card. Yellow card. That was it. And he, got, he but he ended up subsequently getting something like a ten-game ban. And, and this is all off the top of my head. I've not actually looked at it, but that that was. I mean, that that game was only thirteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, and some of the notes I've got. He, 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 it was it was a vicious assault. Really, there's nothing else you can say about it. Um, there were a lot of complaints to GMP and fine six weeks wages, lots of issues. But then the FA come in and suspended him for eight, I think it was eight matches, not ten. But it was a lot. It was one of the highest number of ma- uh, matches to be suspended for, I think. For Until Joey Barton did his little... Yeah. <laughs> for, for violence, basically. It was one of the highest number of suspensions. I know other players like Rio Ferdinand got banned for longer and Cantona or whatever. But this is probably one of the longest. And, you know, um, he, I think he apparently in a reserve game... I'm just looking at some notes again. He got off. <laughs> Lancashire Police were apparently looking at a clash with an ex-Blackburn Rovers player called Ralph Welch. You got to say a violent streak about him for no reason. I mean, I don't know any reason why he would do what he did to uh, Pedro Mendes. I wouldn't advise anyone to to check that out. It is available on YouTube, but it's really, really uh, sickening. Colin, again, coming to you on the playing aspect, was Ben Thatcher any kind of a player? I don't remember th- that much about him. He was an okay fullback. Left back is always into a, a, a position we've had a problem with, and we tried various people in that role. I mean, he was with us for. Three seasons, but he only played 47 games, so um, he certainly wasn't indispensable in the position. Although most of those he was banned for, I think most of the ones he didn't play for. Play. Yeah, he was he was okay. You know, you think of players like uh, Thatcher, Michael Ball, Stephen Jordan, who were all okay-ish, but nothing 
we, we never really replaced Klimpardo and Willie Donerkey. Andy Hinchcliffe, of course, was, was a, a good left-back, but he's on the list for something else, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. Well, um, Thatcher definitely was one player that came up um, very, very frequently in that poll of names. Now, the next guy I have on the list is not actually um, known for violent play or violence in general, but um, he would come under the uh, crime section, I think. Ad- Adam Johnson, and Adam Johnson has been quite quickly forgotten by a lot of City fans. Uh, tell us about this one, Ray. Well, Adam, the thing about Adam Johnson, he, he's been forgotten about City fans and he played at City for a few years, about three years or something. He won the FA Cup with us, um, but he went back to Sunderland um, for 10 million quid, which is a lot of money for Sunderland to pay in 2012. But he, he was arrested in 2015 uh, and charged of a sexual activity with a 15-year-old girl. And obviously, our age of consent is 16. During that time, during his bail, he would continue to play for Sunderland. But he obviously ended up going into jail. You know, he, he, This happened while he was at Sunderland, I think. But they still refer to it, and they still talk to him because City were the bigger team. So they still talk about him being an ex-City player rather than a current Sunderland player. Yeah, which I right. find, we know, that, okay, the more important aspect was a crime he committed rather than the distasteful nature of the media having a go at City. But that didn't go unnoticed. So, I mean, that was his, that was his crime, and he, he's done his time. He's only 32 years old. Mm-hmm. He served half his sentence. I, I don't know if he's trying to come back to football or he's just given up. I've not really followed what's happened to him subsequently. You can argue, some people say he doesn't deserve a second chance. Some people say he does. He's done his He's done his time. He's done his you know, uh, time in jail and he deserves a second chance. I really don't know where I sit on this. Yeah, Colin, if I remember rightly, I think Graham Ricks was charged with something similar to that. Uh, the former Arsenal player. It's maybe maybe Adam Johnson doesn't really deserve to be in this list at all, as as Ray intimated, because he was a Sunderland well, yeah, player at the time. He didn't. He wasn't playing for City at the time, of course, or we don't think he was. Um, so, um, but of course, he's always an the ex, as Ray said, he's always the ex Manchester City player when his crimes are being discussed. Yep. But but as far as yeah, as far as um, his time at City was concerned, stayed out of trouble as far as we know. You know, if you're going to bring Adam Johnson into it, there's probably another couple we could mention. Uh, Maurizio Gardino. Uh, what's it? What was his issue? Car theft. Yeah. Uh, uh, as well as being tackled by our new um, Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, I seem yeah, to recall. Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course, I, w- I watched that. I, couldn't remember. I knew it was someone connected with City. I couldn't remember who it was. I think Ched Evans was accused of rape. Wasn't that right? Was found. Was um, he won his appeal, and rightly so. I think. Chet, Chet Evans was declared innocent. I think in the end, Gaudinho. I didn't know about the car theft. That is very. Uh, that's a new one for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, again, I don't think as well. It was when he went back to Germany. I think he went to prison for that. Yeah. I mean, also, it was a car theft ring, not just <laughs> him stealing cars. He was involved in a, a ring. If I remember rightly, I didn't check. I'm not checked. And if you, I'm, I'm not going to go back into our past. But I think you have to go, was it the best part of 100 years or more ago, or maybe a little bit less, when we had um, some match fixing and some of our players were involved in, in accepting bribes. No, no, no. I mean, the story behind that is it, it was alleged that Billy Meredith offered a bribe to the Aston Villa captain, uh, a guy called Teal, I think. Uh, it was never proven that he offered them the bribe. What it led to was because City cut, sort of cut Meredith adrift, it led yeah. to Meredith kind of turned basically King's evidence and revealed that City were paying players illegally, which most clubs were doing at the time. So, of course, the um, it, it's kind of like history repeating itself at the moment because uh, the FA came down on us really hard and uh, uh, directors got banned and players, we had to sell a load of players. 
That's very well remembered, uh, Ray. Are there any players that would, before we move on to the next category, are there any other players that might come under the category of violence or crime? Well, there was there was that um, ex was now ex city. He was a kid. I don't know if he was still at city at the time. Called um, Matt Walter. Matt Walter, Walter. Yeah, yeah. He got uh, done. Nasty, he, he, nasty, nasty. He was he killed two people and he smashed into them. And, and I'm trying to remember where it was. It was in Manchester City Centre. Yeah, there were Sikhs coming out of the um, Sikh uh, Gurdwara. Mepin Walter. Mepin I think he'd left us at that point. He was a youth player. I think he'd left us at that point. I might Thank have been playing Oldham, if I remember rightly. So, if we are perhaps done with that particular category, uh, we could move on to the next one. Now, there are bound to be more examples, but the three most prominent names in the list on the uh, Euro MCFC uh, tweet in the responses were players who had disrespected the club either when they were there or shortly after they had left. And uh, the three candidates we have here are Milner, and I think James Milner would be the undisputed number one <laughs> of uh, that was mentioned in, in all of those uh, replies. Carlos Tevez and uh, Yaya Toure. So let's talk about uh, uh, these characters and uh, start off with uh, Colin. Um, choose one of these three and away you go. Well, I'm going to choose Tevez and I'm going to defend him. I don't think he should be on that list. And the reason I assume you, you are referring to the incident in um, Munich where he refused to warm up, having just warmed up, and him and Mancini, uh, and the, neither of them were probably the calmest characters, uh, had a blazing row. Mancini told him to F off back to Argentina, which he took Mancini at his, wor- at his word and F off back to Argentina. Played golf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to play golf. Um, now, now the, club ha- the club held a big inquiry into what had happened, and um, it was kind of... It, more to do with Mancini, it was maybe 60-40. You know, Tevez probably shouldn't have reacted as he did, but Mancini inflamed the situation more than he should have done. So I'm going to kind of stick up for, for kind of Tevez a little bit there. Yeah, he probably could have handled things differently as well. He, he'd warmed up. Mancini told him to warm up. Tevez says, either put me on or I'm sitting, you know, I've just warmed up. Are you put me on or not? And the whole thing developed into a row. So I don't think Tevez was wrong to question Mancini particularly. But I think, um, you know, things could have turned out differently in that. But I don't think he set out to disrespect the club. I mean, the whole thing just um, escalated in a very, what was very tense situation anyway. And... Um, I don't think Tevez deliberately... It, it, might have, it might have been equally, not only that incident, but I seem to recall in, in Tevez, Tevez' time with City, uh, Colin, it, was he not sort of regularly, not agitating for a move, but at the end of every season there was a, there was speculation about his, about whether he's going to continue with City? I think after that incident, yeah, there was. So, so, so maybe he tested Mancini's patience before. I, I, I really don't know. But, you know, there are some players like that, aren't there? And... Uh, and I, and I, th- I certainly think that he he gave uh, he gave us so much on the pitch. I, I, that, that's what I would yeah. give him, uh, you know, a get out of jail card because he was sensational on the pitch and he dragged us through games single handed. You could not fault his commitment in any way, shape, or form. Yes. You know, you never you never looked at Tevez. You, you might look at Edin Dzeko, for example, and say he looked as, you know he looked like he preferred to have stayed in bed. But you could never look at Tevez and say he didn't give us a hundred percent today. Okay, moving over to Ray. Ray, choose someone else on the, of that trio, and let's hear your views. <laughs> I'm going to pick. Let's go with Yaya Toure. Oh, okay. Yaya Toure. He's he's a funny character, Yaya, because he still has. Dare I say, he's like um, Boris Johnson. 
is a Marmite kind of play, person because you still got people for whatever reason uh, they still love Yaya. Some people, many City fans say he's the best player that City have ever had. Even my, my son, two years ago, my youngest son, got a shirt with Yaya, I think it was Yaya's last season, got a shirt with Yaya Thierry on the back, even though I you know, expressed my opinion that he shouldn't, Yaya wouldn't play that much, and Yaya is not a very nice man for me. So you either love him or you hate him. For what? Uh, you, I think we generally admire him for what he did to City on the pitch from when he came for about four or five solid years. You know, he dragged us through and, he, yeah, he helped us to the FA Cup and the first uh, Premier League title. And he helped, and it was that great season, was it in 2014, where he scored, was it 20 league goals? A few penalties. He had, was it 13 free kicks, which he scored to, uh, from 10 of them. And he, he was a great powerhouse of a box-to-box uh, midfielder. Wonderful. So, I, wonder, I wonder why he's on this list then. Well, why he's on this list? He's got this uh, other side to him. And a lot of it seems to come from his quite repulsive agent, uh, Dimitri Seluk. Yeah, yeah, trust him like a brother, uh, an older brother, and does what he says. But as a mouthpiece, he's not a very nice individual, Dimitri. Now, uh, problems with Yaya include his ego, uh, wanting more money, uh, wanting more game time when he doesn't deserve it. I'll just mention some of the issues that we'll remember Yaya for birthday cake for his 31st birthday when he said <laughs> City, uh, dis- uh, or Dimitri especially said City disrespected Yaya by not acknowledging his uh, birthday properly. And I think ever since City have made sure everybody's birthday, there's an acknowledgement, uh, you know, very, uh, overly loud. He hit out a few years ago that I think City didn't give him time off after his brother died, his brother Ibrahim. Uh, I don't think that was quite correct. Yeah, and, and, and I think the third, the third one that really sunk his chances of being considered a City legend, really, really did, was when he left, and he, after he left, he took some parting shots at Pep and called him a racist. And uh, that was just stupid, below the belt, childish and wrong, in my opinion. And, you know, it, it turned people... We still uh, have to agree that he was a great player for City. Absolutely fantastic player. But as a man, he sullied himself. There are other incidents that you can come up with, uh, accusations of cheating on his wife. Oh, yeah, and, and the last incident was, was the drink driving incident where he said his cork had been spiked uh, with alcohol and uh, apparently had a lot of alcohol and he hadn't noticed that his cork had been spiked. Uh, the judge didn't believe him. Even on the, the balance of probabilities, I think it was, uh, if I'm right, the judge didn't believe him. Um, and he he got a massive fine. It was £100,000. You know, it, it was a huge fine. So, you know, his, what he did in his private life and, and that he made public as well with all the criticism of Pep and the birth cake and everything else, it really, as I said, it tarnished his reputation for many fans. And now, you know, whenever he talks, I'm not prepared to listen. Well, Colin, the last one on this list of three falls to you and it's, um, it's an interesting one. And this, I have to say, this guy was probably the number one choice amongst the people who replied, James Milner, tell us all about James Milner. James Milner. Well, I mean, James Milner was, a, again, another player who was wholehearted. You could never complain about his commitment and energy. And, and you know, he had some great games for us, I think. And, 
you know, not a spectacular player, but a player who ran and ran. Or, I mean, a bit like um, the working man's Bernardo Silva. Without the skill. W- without the skill. And that was fine, but things started to go wrong in the last year of his contract. We wanted him to sign an extension. He obviously wanted to leave on a free and get a signing on fee. Although you, you can't say he led us on, but he made it quite clear he, was, he wasn't going to help us out in any way by signing that extension so we could get a fee. He wanted the money, but of course he is from Yorkshire, so you know we know how careful uh, our, our friends over the Pennines are with their uh, <laughs> hard-earned money. Having gone to Liverpool, and, and, and that I think did put a little people's back, start to put people's backs up the way he did that. Well, he's free to go, you know, where he wants, when he wants. But he then gave an interview which, being very charitable, you could say perhaps was badly worded in that he felt he was joining a better team and he'd gone there to win silverware. Now, despite the fact he'd won, what, two league titles? Did he win the FA Cup? A League Cup while he was with us. It did seem quite dis- the, the the way he came over seemed fairly disrespectful. And and I think we're looking at City because a lot of the players who play for us, I mean, even though they've no connection to Manchester, seem to have a, a great connection with City after they leave us. I mean, players like Colin Bell, Mike Summerby, they, they're not Mancunians, they're not City fans. They they played with us amongst other clubs, but you know they're all club legends and they're all completely devoted to the club. And there's quite a lot like that. You know, Sean. Gota and so many others you can you can think of. Yeah, you know, people saw it as pretty disrespectful. Uh, he could have said something like, well, you know, I've been playing for a great team at Manchester City and I've come to what I believe is another great team at Liverpool and I'm really lucky to play for two great teams. Uh, um, you know, and that would have got over the same, you know, and, and I'm hoping to win, be as successful at Liverpool as I was at City where I won a number of trophies. And that would have been, uh, I think, a very acceptable way of saying what he said. But of course he didn't. He, he just it just came over all wrong, and um, and that kind of just set him on the wrong track with City fans, and of course, so of course, he generally gets booed now whenever he appears at uh, yes, City, City yeah. fans really really enjoy giving it back to Milner uh, when he get when he got hit in the face with the ball when yes. he he gave that interview where he said that at the time when Liverpool and City were duking it out last season, he was uh, very proud of the fact that at that particular moment, uh, Liverpool were top. They didn't stay top, of course, as we all know, but he's probably the player that at the moment city fans love abusing don't they well there's not there's not many former city players that, that we don't welcome back I was thinking this a while ago and um, just thinking of a couple Sylvan Distan was one who got a bit, bit of a bad rep but he left us at a time when we were in financial dire straits to go to a club that looked to be having money pumped in Portsmouth. So, you know, I've never held it against him for that. Joey Barton, of course, the aforementioned, he got a bad rep when he came back. Had he also threatened to go on strike for more money or, or leave for more money? I, I can't remember. So he got one, um, he got chance of one greedy bastard, as did Daniel Sturridge. Um, but I can't think of too many more. I remember Paul Dickov getting booed quite loud, loudly when he was playing for Leicester. But that was just Paul Dickov because he was a wind-up merchant and, and because he gave 100% for his club and, and no quarter to the opposition, whoever they were. That, that's just the player he was, and I think we've forgiven him for that. But yeah, there's been a few... Um, but yeah, Milner seems to be the current player we love to hate. Former player we love to hate. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm about to go on to a new category, but I'm just going to give Ray uh, uh, an opportunity if he wants to add any names to that list. I also just want to uh, mention about uh, James Milner, that when he left, he said he wants to play 
in his favoured position of central midfield and then spent the next 18 months or so playing at left-back for Liverpool. Um, I don't think he, in his time at Liverpool, he's played in central midfield that often. Okay. Well, guys, well, let's go on to the, the, the next category, and this category is called Bad Pundits. And uh, we've got three <laughs> names on this list, Danny Mills, Niall Quinn, and Andy Hinchcliffe. And uh, we're going to give uh, Ray this time uh, the chance to pick out one of those and uh, and get us started on this category. Well, I'll, I'll add another one to the list, Steve McManaman. Okay. Because um, I want he, 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 he straddles a few categories, but uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Niall Quinn was with us for a few years, and I think he was... Probably a fan's favourite because he scored. He was scoring goals when not many other people were scoring goals. And he was a good uh, goalkeeper too. Uh, he was a good goalkeeper too. Well remembered, Mike. Um, but it's like every time he commentates on City, it's like he hates us and we've wronged him in some way. And honestly, you would never believe he played a few seasons for us. You would never believe that uh, the way he commentates. It's like he's sad that we're doing well. He's he has a you know, generally a miserable, drawly voice. At the best of times, but when when City are doing well, you'd think you know with his connection with City, if we're playing someone like Liverpool or a team that he has no links with, he'd be a little bit happier that we're we're doing well against them. But he just seems uh, to cheer when we go behind or uh, to get really excited and, and to be really miserable when we're doing well. I just don't know what his I don't know what his problem is. I'm going to say I think Quinny gets a bit of a bad press. Um, I've never heard. I've never heard him be particularly offensive. I know people who've met him and talked about City, and he talks very glowingly about his time at City. And I think if you pair him with Andy Hinchcliffe, there's a school of thought that they're doing what their employers want them to do. So I, I can kind of believe that because I, I, I think, as we've seen from Talksport, a lot of the stuff they do is is well, it may not be exactly scripted, but. You know, the, the objective is clear. When it comes to Danny Mills, however, I don't think he's got any excuse. It, interestingly, there was an interview with him in the Manchester Evening News or, or a piece about him in the Manchester Evening News about his troubles. And, and he, he obviously was injured. And Sven had said to him, look, you know, I don't see you figuring in my plans. You, you do what, you know, whatever you want to do is fine by me when you go out on loan or we'll sell you or, or whatever. And um, he went out on loan and um, we had he had offers to, to go to other clubs. But his reaction was, well, it was only a fraction of what we were paying with the city. Of course, this was the kind of Shinawatra days, I guess. So um, he stayed there, knowing he had no future. Uh, took the money most of the time on the treatment table. Obviously, something else has gone on behind the scenes, because my understanding is when he left City, he asked them for a reference for something, and they basically told him to go and swing. I don't know how true that is. I've heard that from a couple of good sources. Rather than kind of reading from a script, if you like, his his dislike, his taste for City is clearly uh, personal. And yes. uh, he's one of the few pundits. I mean, uh, you know... You get used to the rubbish they spout. Um, and I, I always make the point that um, we're badly served in football. If you watch any other sport, cricket, golf, any of the American sports, you will get commentators and analysts who are so clued up on what they're talking about. In football, we get the most moronic co-commentators, analysts, pundits, whatever you want to call them, uh, the most moronic ones that could, you, you, you can imagine have kind of passed an audition in being moronic and spouting cliches and talking general crap 
because that's the only way they could get on the air and stay on the air, surely. And um, Danny Mills, so, so I'm kind of used to all that. You, you, it tends to wash over you, water off a duck's back. But Danny Mills is one of the few pundits that if I'm sat in the car listening to him spout most of the crappy spouts, has me pounding the steering wheel and <laughs> screaming at the radio. Can I give you some of the numbers on Danny Mills? Man? Yeah. He was at City for five years. Uh, and when he left City, he retired from football. He'd, he'd got enough money. He retired uh, from football before he left City. Well, all right. <laughs> he officially retired when he left. The thing was, he was at, he was in the Premier League at City. And yes, he, he'd had a couple of uh, injuries. He had chin injuries. I think he had a, a leg break as well or two. And some City fans who still w- wish they could break his legs now. Um, Danny eventually went to on loan to Charlton in the uh, Championship. He said Charlton offered him a deal at 20% of the money that he was getting paid at City. And Danny said, after 15 or 16 years of giving everything to football, I wanted football to give something back to me. After making all the sacrifices and missing families at Christmases and everything else, I wanted to take something back from football. It owed me something. He said, I wasn't financially secure yet. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't sure whether I could, I was financially secure. So I said at City, uh, well, it's, it's, and you, you could argue it's only fair. Um, City offered him that contract and it's only fair that City pay him on that contract and not push him out and, and go to, go to go somewhere else on much, much less money. But some City fans today, especially I saw someone say, well, look, lots of people have struggled. Lots of people have sacrificed. Working men and, and women have sacrificed and missed their families at Christmas and everything else. We, and we got paid fractions of the money that you got paid. And we never cried about it. We never complained about it. We never said anybody orders anything. And I think City fans just didn't like the fact that the guy hung around like a bad smell and was never really going to play. And he was just draining the club of money for nothing. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, guys, that's probably where the comparison between Danny Mills and um, Gareth Bale kind of breaks down a little bit because, you know, you can have sympathy for guys wanting to wanting to have their contracts honoured, but I think the, the issue with Danny Mills and probably why he was number two on people's hit list was because having rinsed cities for that much money, he then didn't have a good word to say about us ever since. Um, and I think uh, Colin has explained that a little bit. But, guys, this particular category category bad pundits i don't think that you guys will be able to come up with any more because city don't have any pundits really in the media talking about is uh, colin dewey it was only that yeah. steve mcmanaman sorry yeah steve McMahon. well uh, yes that's right steve mcmanaman well colin tell us a little bit about steve because he actually comes into our next category and we'll talk about him again there too but as a pundit i've not really um i i, I tend not to listen too much to steve mcmanaman so i don't really know maybe you can help us out there well, I, I, I've never noticed. I mean, McManaman is one of those who says the first thing, and, and there are many of them. Robbie Savage is another one. The first thing that comes into his head. He always appears with them, Darren Fletcher on BT. And it's, well, you know, Fletch and Fletch this and Fletch that. And, and there's never any insight from him whatsoever. I wouldn't have said he was disrespectful towards City. He's just completely and utterly clueless. <laughs> I think he's clueless, but he doesn't really have a good word to say about it, I don't think. And if he does, it's begrudgingly, because his one true love is Liverpool. And I think, you know, if your one true love is Liverpool, it doesn't matter who else you played for, subsequently, you're going to stick behind Liverpool and, 
uh, obviously uh, uh, blow their tr- uh, their trumpet, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, it's not as it's not as bad as, uh, as some of the others, let's say. Well, guys, uh, we're going to move on to this next category, and uh, to be honest, uh, this category, uh, I think, for many city fans, could be doubled in size or trebled <laughs> in size oh. because the the category name is crap, waste of money, gave no effort. Now, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna um, force you guys to go through every single a person, but I'm gonna read out the list of of names that came up, and you can pick whichever ones you want to talk about and add some others. So here is the list. We've got Lee Bradbury, otherwise known as Lee Bad Buy, and then we've got Steve McManaman, who we just talked about, uh, otherwise known as Steve McPoints a lot. I'm sure Colin will explain that. We've got Joe, we've got Rubinho, we've got Samaras, we've got Wilfred Boney, we've got Nolito, Michael Ball, Scott Sinclair, Javi Garcia, Steve Daly, that takes us back a bit, and uh, Jack <laughs> Rodwell. And as I get, I, I'm just going to repeat again, this is waste of money, crap, or gave no effort. Colin, kick us off with uh, one of these guys. Well, it's, um, let's go, I mean, Lee Bradbury, I think we paid too much for him. Uh, I, a journeyman centre forward, we bought him from Portsmouth, I believe, but um, I think we paid, what, two million for him? Uh, which was about uh, 1.8 million more than he was worth. Never really hit it off at City, um, and we moved him on. He wasn't, uh, you know. I had a conversation with Ian Cheeseman a while back about the 1999 playoff team. Some of those, some of the players in that team were Premiership standard. Lee Bradbury, you would never accuse of being Premiership standard. Um, it, it, we just, we just paid too much for him. It never worked out for him. I, I don't think you can accuse him of. No effort. I just think he was, it was crap. He definitely falls into the crap, uh, waste of money when we had little money to waste, um, scenario. Okay, Ray, do you want to pick one? Well, I'm going to pick the shortest name on the list and I'm going to go with Joe. <laughs> I mean, the guy was very expensive and I don't know when we paid, was it 17 million quid for him? It wasn't that much. I'll, I'll come in when you, you, you talk. I'll come in afterwards. I'll tell you, tell you a cool story. Well, whatever we paid for Joe, we should have paid one million quid extra so we could have had the E at the end of his name, so he could have had a full Joe. It was just J-O. And the funny thing is in those days, and even now you still you still do this, when you're linked with the player or when you buy a player you've never heard of, you go into, the first thing is, let's go onto YouTube or Wiki. Usually it's YouTube. Let's see what this guy's about. Joe looked all right. He looks all right. Oh, yeah, we've got this Brazilian player, plays for Brazil, you know, he's not just Brazilian by name. He's, and I thought, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he looks like he's going to bring us uh, something. He's got a bit of height. looks like he's got a bit of pace. He's got a fabulous shot, can dribble. What can't this guy do? And then he came to City and we realised he couldn't do any of them. So whether you want to call him, he was crap. Yes, he was crap. But he still did all right for Brazil. But he was crap for us, and he was way too expensive. Whatever we paid, if we paid five million quid for him, I'd have said we'd have paid close, five million. Much closer to the truth, yeah. Well, Colin will enlighten us about how how much we paid for Joe and how much we pay, how too much we paid for Joe. Right. Well, thank you. Um, of course, Joe was bought in the middle of the Shinawatra era, if I remember rightly. It was the possibly the defining incident in the breakdown of. The relationship between Sven and, and Tatsun Shinawatra. And obviously Sven had come in, we bought a load of players, basically on the say-so of Jerome Anderson, who'd gone out and arranged all the deals, uh, none of whom were his clients, by the way, so he didn't get that much out of it. But we got some very good players. At, um, Shinawatra wasn't happy, and he wanted a big-name player. 
Now, Sven went to him in in the December, coming up to the January window, and apparently said, here's a list of players I would like to try and get hold of. And Shinawatra basically threw them back at him. Um, and I'm told, and this story must have come, I can only imagine this story came from Bernard Halford. I, I, I don't remember who told it me firsthand, but there was a big argument between them. Basically, Sven said, you know, I want these players to, you know, to complete my team. And, and Shinawatra said, no, 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 you know, that's not, they're not high profile enough. And it ended with... Um, Shinawatra throwing a vase at Sven, unfortunately missing. Oh my God. Um, from what I understand, Joe was a Shinawatra purchase, and it suited his purpose. It gave him a lot of faith to uh, put it about we paid 19 million. In fact, I heard we only paid four, which was four. Four. four, four. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it might have been 19 if Joe stayed with us. You know, five years, and we won loads of stuff. It might have come up at 19 million, but it suited uh, Taxin Shinawatra to let the world think we'd paid a load of money for this mega marquee Brazilian forward. I mean, Joe had his moments, but um, not many of them were on a Saturday at between three and five o'clock, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> okay, Ray, um, any other names in that list or, or any others that tickle your fancy? I'll take Nolito. There's a lot I could choose from on this list, but Nolito is the next one for me. Now, he was a pep signing, uh, no question about that. And Pep signed him because he knew him and he knew what he'd give, you know, and work in Pep's system. So people look back and say, as Pep made mistakes and, and cheeky and whatever in, in our signings in, in, the, in the year over the years that Pep's been here. And there's not been many failures, let's be honest, not really. But um, Nelito, Nelito was a strange one. He worked hard. I'll never take that away from him from what I remember now. He, he, he put the effort in on the pitch, but I think it was just after he left, I think he was homesick or whatever. And he said, was it his daughter was changing colour? Yeah. And I don't think it was too expensive, so I'm not worried about that. It wasn't brilliant, but it was a slight dig at, at, at the team. And he didn't stay that long. So, yeah, he was probably a bit too expensive. and Best known for headbutting, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he's an aggressive-looking guy. He put his effort in. Um, maybe I'm, I do him a disservice by including him as a crap buy or an over, uh, you know, uh, too expensive or anything. But he's just one off that list that springs out at me. Okay, Colin, over to you with one of the others. Let's go for another Brazilian, Robinho. And I think uh, Robinho, in the same way that um, Taxi Shinawatra wanted to make a statement, obviously the um, Abu Dhabi owners wanted to make a statement when they arrived, and, and Robinho was that statement. So we paid, what, $32 million for him, which I think was a club record. Is it um, actually true that he thought he was signing for Manchester United, or is that a myth? It could well be. I don't know. I've never heard one way or the other, but uh, whatever. He turned up at City. And you know what? He was one of the best technical players. His, um, his technical skill was incredible. I remember him bringing a long pass down on the kind of ball of his foot once. Uh, absolutely staggering skill. And when he, when he could be bothered to play, he was fantastic. So particularly as the, as the kind of the winter drew in and he didn't, he really didn't like doing it away from home. The level of performances just dropped off completely, and Mark Hughes couldn't kind of get them back. But, but he was a, you know, he was a completely harmless character. Loved the game. I uh, say so when he was on form, he was absolutely brilliant. Scored some wonderful goals for us. Particularly, you know, everyone remembers that free kick, his first goal against Chelsea in his first game. Another uh, one against Arsenal, I remember, where he lifted it over yeah, the keeper. Yeah. So he was a lovely, lovely little player. You know, if the if the sun was shining and and it was at the Etihad, you know, I'll I'll, I'll always have fond memories of him. But yeah, um, he could be a bit frustrating. 
frustrating, um, certainly. I've got fond memories, guys, of uh, a story that I heard about Craig Bellamy getting on his case in the dressing room. Okay. And I'm just trying to think, oh, my goodness, I wouldn't like to have Craig Bellamy <laughs> on my back for lack of effort and all the rest of it. I mean, that that wouldn't have been very nice. <laughs> okay, uh, Ray, um, any others you'd like to mention? Briefly, I'll mention Jack Rodwell uh, because I think it's a bit harsh. Uh, for Jack. I mean, he came from Everton, very promising uh, young talent at the time. We thought we were going to get another potentially box-to-box uh, midfielder, but he was injured a lot. He was injured a lot at City and I think throughout his career subsequently. He was injured a heck of a lot. And I don't think it was really his fault, you know, what happened to him after that because you know, in the first season he, he was injured so much, he, he didn't really get I don't think he got much time on the pitch to show what he could do. And I don't think it helped that we got, let's be quite honest, at the same time. A few other names on this list. I think we've got Xavi Garcia. I think we got Scott Sinclair. And we just won the league, for God's sake. You know, and, and Mancini, is, I think, they, they were not his signings. It can't be Mancini's signings. And I'm sure he said so. And uh, So we got these these players who, who certainly didn't take us to the next level and keep us there. And But Jack, I don't think he can bl- I, I still don't blame him. Once again, the, our lovely friends in the media criticised City for ruining Jack Rodwell when poor old Jack got injured. And there's nothing you can do about injuries. And he didn't get the t- he didn't develop when he should have been developing at a fast pace because he was injured. And then he's gone off to, to Sunderland and more stories of what happened to him, at, to him at Sunderland as they got relegated. Another player who said, well, I've got a nice fat contract. I'm not going to walk away from it. And be, and I don't blame him either because, you know, he never knew what he's, when it, whether he was going to play football again because of his injuries. So you, other people might criticise Jack and say he was crap or anything else. But personally, I just think he was unlucky with injuries. Our team wasn't strong enough, really, for Jack Rodwell to... To be a, I wouldn't call him a passenger, but to learn in the first team. Yeah, guys, it is, it is as I, as I mentioned before, it's 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 a list that a lot of City fans could add names to. I think uh, Javi Garcia yeah. was was basically just well known for being extremely good looking. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> and the, and the w- one person that I'll, I'll name, I'll just uh, name is uh, Steve Daly. Of course, I remember him so well because this was whenever I was just first becoming a Man City fan. Bought for Wolverhampton Wanderers for a reputed one point four million, unbelievable amount of money back in those days. And as uh, Colin has told us before on a previous pod, of course, they could have had him a lot cheaper, couldn't they, Colin? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's the story, yeah. Just um, There the, the was this... Uh, Malcolm Allison said said one thing, Peter Swales said another, uh, and Malcolm Allison, but Malcolm Allison certainly hinted that the deal sh- could and should have been done for a lot less money. What about Giorgio Samaras, Colin? Yeah, I was going to talk about Samaras, uh, last one really. Now, now, now Samaras's main fault was he was bought with the Sean Wright Phillips money. So, so you know, whoever came in unless we were very lucky, was always going to be very much kind of second-rate citizen, as it were. Uh, and it was a, a, it's a time when we were desperately struggling for cash. John Wardle had pumped in a load of money. Da- uh, David Macon had pumped in some money. We'd, we'd sold off the club shop to, to get some cash in. We were spending more cash than we were earning, basically. Having been offered £21 million by Chelsea for Sean Wright Phillips, uh, it wasn't an offer we, we could turn down. But City very naughtily, I think at the time, put the try to pin it on 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 Shawnee, which was wrong. They should, you know, if, if they just said, "Look, it's an offer; it's too good to turn down." So, so I think City fans naively assume that we'd go out and spend 
most of that 21 million on a, you know, an equivalent striker. And what we got was um, the five million pound Georgios Samaras. He was what he was. There were definitely occasions when he turned it on for the game against Sunderland when he was just on fire. Uh, and occasionally, you know, he would spark into life. But he wasn't Sean Wright Phillips. And, and there were times when he could have stayed out on the field all day and not got a touch of the ball <laughs> and scored a goal. He had lovely hair, though. I mean, I think we all agree. <laughs> he had lovely hair. He, you know, and he, he, I, I did kind of feel a little bit sorry for him in some ways. He, you know, he had a big reputation. He'd come from Herondrine in Holland and... Um, you look great on YouTube, but I'd probably look great on YouTube uh, if you pick the right clips. <laughs> but, but I say he's, he's, the problem was he was replacing Shawnee. And, and you, you know, yeah. uh, no one could do that. Played 54 games for us and scored eight goals. That's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure we can get some defenders who've done as well as that. <laughs> Not your main, main striker. I've got to agree, Colin. He did have lovely hair. Ray, just very, very quickly, Michael Ball. Why, why was, why, why was he mentioned by some fans? <laughs> I've got no idea. I'll be honest about Michael Ball. Uh-huh. Yeah, because my main recollection of Michael Ball is um, stamping on Ronaldo's um, nether regions. He should be a hero then, not on, not yeah. on this list. Yeah, yeah, I get away with. <laughs> okay, guys, let's just uh, move on to the next category. And it's a, it's a little bit of a confusing uh, category, some might say. And uh, the title of this category is Just Not a City Player. And by this, from the explanations that I've read, it is that they, 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 these are players that really made their name and were so strongly associated with other clubs that the fans just couldn't buy into them. And I, I'm just going to mention a few names. There's um, Gary Megson, Peter Schmeichel, Robbie Fowler, David Seaman, David James, uh, Steve McMahon, Clive Allen, guys like this. Is this really a fair category for uh, least favourite City player? Uh, Ray, what do you think? To be honest, I mean, I'm looking down that list and I'm thinking... Schmeichel didn't mind. I didn't mind Schmeichel. Didn't mind Fowler, Seaman, David James, Stephen Mann. I quite liked, and Clive Allen was a big name. And, yeah, and, Clive Allen got a bum rap from us, really, from um, uh, Peter Reed, didn't he? Yeah. So I, I, I don't think these are. You know, I think that's quite unfair on these players. I mean, look, we were a, a club at the time. Let's be quite. Let's be quite honest, guys. We weren't very good. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at my. Just to go back, one player we forgot to talk about in the crap waste of money, no effort, was Rocky Santa. Cruise. <laughs> well, no, wait, 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 are, you, are, you, are, you, are you saying it was that he was a waste of money? Then I guess. Well, I think crap, waste of money, and perhaps it's a bit unfair to say. He was very good for for Blackburn, I remember, but he was certainly became a waste of money. Maybe just because yeah. of uh, injuries, surely. Well, he came injured. He came injured. That's right. He was injured when we bought him. And we paid, what, 20, 19 million, 21 million for him or something? (laughs) Just not a City player. You know... You think of players like Brian Kidd. Now, Brian Kidd had a United pedigree, was read through and through. But he won he won the affections of City fans. And, of course, he's still with us today. Uh, you know, a, a, a loved and valued member of staff. And you could put so, Dennis Law in there as well, I guess. Oh, Dennis. Yeah, well, Dennis Law I mean, was a City player before he went to United. So he doesn't really count. And, of course, he scored the goal that... We say relegated, and they say they were going down anyway, but it didn't matter, so... Okay, Can I guys. Back in Clive Allen's defence, I mean, he came to us, you could argue, at the peak of his career, you know? I mean, he played, I'm just looking through his record, he played 87 games for QPR and scored 40 goals. He went to Spurs, he played 105 games, scored 60 goals. He had a season at Bordeaux, 19 games, 13 goals. So you've got a chap here who scored 
113 goals in little over 200 games. Now, that's pretty decent for a striker, one in every two. And he spent, was it two years at City? He played 53 games and scored six, 16 goals, which I think is not bad in, in around the 89-91. So I think he was actually all right. Yes, this 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 category may be a little bit unfair, but I I can understand why city fans uh, just can't see them as as a city player. I couldn't see them as city players, but it doesn't necessarily um warrant them, you know, on on a list like this. I yeah. I guess another person who could come in here again is uh the well this this the, the third category he could come under is Steve McPoints a lot. And um uh, Colin, if you could just briefly explain why he was given that name, Steve McPoints a lot. Well, yeah, yeah, Steve. <laughs> McManaman. I mean, he came to us at the tail end of his career. Really, he'd been with, obviously, made his name with Liverpool. Uh, yeah, won, won Champions League, uh, European Cup with Real Madrid, and he came to us. I mean, if there was a player that you know wasn't a City player, I, I, he'd be close to the top of my list, if not at the top. Um, and he came to us with a very big reputation, of course, and um, we thought. What, what, what you hoped he would bring a bit of sophistication, a bit of his experience and knowledge. And but at the time, um, our policy was to buy players who were towards the end of their careers, looking for the last payday. Work wouldn't command a big fee because we didn't have the cash to pay it, but we'd pay a little bit more in you know we'd pay it more in wages. So there was a series of players like um, Claudio Reyna, Paul Bosfeld, McMalliman, Fowler, number of others. But McMalliman, <laughs> the first game, his first game was against, if I remember rightly, Aston Villa, and he had an absolutely stormer of a game. And we're all thinking, wow. Wow, you know, this is this guy is a class above anything we've been used to. And of course, we're talking about the back end of the Keegan era, uh, the beginning of the Pierce era, that sort of age. And um, McManaman looked the business in that first game. Unfortunately, that was very much the highlight of his City career. Uh, and most most of the rest of it consisted of standing in midfield, pointing to where he thought the player who actually had the ball should be putting should be playing it. And and it was never to him. So he was like a policeman. If, if anyone's old enough to remember policeman on point duty before we had traffic lights, who were you know signal one line of traffic forward, then stop and signal another. All he did was stand on the, after that brilliant start against Villa. All he did was stand on the field and try and direct the traffic, not get involved in the game himself. So, so hence his um, hence his nickname with point a lot. Can I suggest a category which has occurred to me while okay. we've been talking? Okay, okay, good. Give us some focus. I'm going to call it Boo Boys because these are players who were. Uh, regularly and roundly booed by our own fans, our own players. Right. I've got five players on that list. I've got Ian Bowyer, okay. uh, Mick Channon, Richard yep. Edgehill, Nicky Summerby and Nigel Clough. Right. That, that, there, there's actually a couple of those names that were on my sort of list of others. Yeah, yeah. The final right. category, huh? And, and Shannon um, was one that stuck. He was the first one, really, that, that I saw the crowd turn against. And again, he was another one who came to us on the downhill slope probably of his career it's fair to say big reputation from Southampton in England that big uh, arm swirling celebration that. that he did his big arm swirling windmill goal celebration and he didn't have a bad time with us I think he had um, three seasons with us and he got a goal for three games but it took him a long while to settle in and there was one game particularly that sticks in my mind uh, that was against Liverpool I think it was the 78-79 season because one of my favourite games was in the 77-78 season Liverpool came to Main Road and we beat them 3-1 after going one down which was a very rare event in those days Liverpool came back the next season and they beat us 4-1 now I'm not exaggerating when I say Mike Challen in that game could have won it single-handedly he missed 
I think three or four one-on-ones with the keeper and one open goal, but he managed to put the ball wide. And um, he hasn't had me having a good time up to then. And the crowd just turned on him. And he was just getting um, roundly and loudly booed as the game wore on. Particularly, and of course, that you know, you think players don't notice it. But clearly, that must have impacted his confidence. Because the more we booed him, of course, the more cock-ups he made of what should have been goal-scoring chances. And we could have won that game. We could easily have won that game 5-4, you know, or more. But uh, thanks to... Thanks to Mick Channon missing these one-on-ones, and they say one he had the goal at his mercy. Um, we lost four-one. So, so that was one I, I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, why would people have something against Nigel Clough? He, he came up a few times. Uh, Nigel Clough, he didn't really do it for us, and hadn't he already been at Liverpool? Yeah. Um, he's one of those. I think some of these names are players who, like Colin said, have come late in their careers, but we can still remember them as being good players. And Nigel Clough had been a decent player at Liverpool. And I just think that people, had, some of these players had come, we were expecting more from them. Yeah, We just didn't get it. I don't know why they become boo boys. Maybe it's because we some of the fans think, well, they're on big money. They used to play really well, you know, a couple of years ago for somebody else. Now they either don't look like they're putting the effort in or, you know, uh, they're not very good for us. And it could it, it could have been anything that turns fans against a player. But... I don't remember him doing making a mark at City, and you know, um, as I said, it, it can be quite easy. A little incident can turn players uh, fans against a player. Yeah, uh, Colin, um, I'm just going to add one more name here, and that is um, our, our friend Stefan, who's appeared on 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 this pod, uh, who's who a lot of people will know mostly from the ninety three twenty pod. He suggests Jerry Creaney, and um, he says uh, the main reason for that is that he replaced Paul Walsh. What do you what do you remember about Jerry Creaney? To be honest, not a great deal. Completely <laughs> undistinguished player um, who came in, came out, uh, and is remembered for not being very good. I mean, um, you know, a couple of others who come into that category, um, two particular favourites of mine, Laurent Charvet and um, Fronsac, Michael Fronsac, yeah. both fullbacks who were well, well, two, two, the two most dismal players I've ever seen. <laughs> <It's a team. laughs> Believe me, there's some competition for that. Well, guys, listen, before we finish, I'm just going to ask you two guys to come up with our top five. And um, we're going to start with Ray. Ray, just give me uh, one name and a brief comment about why they should be in the top five of least favourite Manchester City players. Joey Barton, thug. <laughs> okay, that's nice and, and crisp and uh, concise. Uh, so uh, Joey Barton will go in our top five. Give me another one for the top five, please. Colin. Oh, Danny Mills. I mean, and uh, Walter. You know, our 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 friend Walter Smith has also said Danny Mills is uh, his particular. I would say Danny Mills as well. That would have been my next choice. Okay, so Ray, um, we've got Joey Barton, we've got Danny Mills. You've got to give us a, a third. Steve McManaman. Steve McManaman. You know, he was a Rolls Royce one week, then the Rolls was uh, put in the garage, and he came out as a. Uh, uh, as a Ford Transit van the next week or whatever it was. I think a lot of people would agree with that just for the fact that he just came across as being thinking that he was too good for us. Uh, uh, okay, um, so we've got three. Give us a fourth, please, Colin. Adrian Heath. Let's throw Adrian Heath in. Because, um, a, he wasn't very good. And B, he, he kept Clive Allen out of the team. <laughs> and Clive, Clive was a big fan favourite, of course. Yeah, OK. Um, do we have a final candidate for our, our, yes. our top five, uh, Ray? Uh, Jimmy. 
We're going to have our, our Jimmy, Jimmy Milner, James Milner. Oh, I think, one. I think, guys, if we hadn't put him in there, we would have got it in the neck from um, yeah. from the fans. Um, I, I, I would agree with that list completely. I think I might have put in Steve Daly purely for the, the spectacular uh, waste of money that he turned out to be. But, of course, he was a nice enough guy. Uh, this, mm. this, isn't, this isn't just all about bad guys. It's about people who uh, maybe were a waste of money. But I think we've got our top five. That was a fantastic little discussion, guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that for it, for our listeners out there, you, when when this pod comes out, you'll give us your opinions. Who did we miss out? Did we? Do you disagree strongly, guys? The Bolt from the Blue podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Speaker, Owltail, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Castbox. So if you can't find us, well, I think that you're not trying very hard. <laughs> Let's just say goodbye to our two guests and uh, we'll hopefully be back with you again after the game against Kitchy. and just uh, throwing in this final quiz question to both our guys before we finish guys last year 2018 there was a very famous ex-Manchester United player who played seven games I think for Kitchy, scoring five goals he was uh, 39 or 40 he was at the end of his career I think it turned out to be his last club Argentinian, I think, actually. Veron? No. Not Veron. Not Veron. You got it, it, Ray. It was Diego Forlan. So, guys, you might not not know anything about Kitschy, but at least now you know one thing about about them, actually, that uh, they did have one legendary uh, player or one very good player playing for them. Guys, we'll finish off here and uh, we'll just say cheerio to Ray. Cheerio for now, Ray. Uh, very good night to you, Michael. And to you as well, Colin. Good night, or well, good morning to you, and uh, good night, or whatever time it ha- you happen to be listening to this. Yes, absolutely. So we'll see you guys after Kitchy, and we'll finish off in the normal way. Have one on us, and up those blues. It's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goes enough for three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero.